What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I'm still chemical. I don't know how the acoustics are today because I'm actually house sitting with somebody. The first time I've ever been house sitting with somebody, it's really weird um, being in their home. They're not here trying to get myself comfortable at the same time and just uh, balance issues, I guess, whatever. Anyways, I don't know if I'm going to have an echo in here or not. Um, it's pretty quiet, except for me and the dog. So, anyways, let's get to the show this week. Uh, program note, we have episode 8 review of Peacemaker, the season finale. Already recorded and uploaded, and I'm excited about it. Uh, the following week, uh, we will talk about the Batman and my take on or my expectations on it. Uh, we will also dig into the Batman action figures from McFarlane toy line. As I record this, I actually just got the penguin. So we'll go into all that then. Um, but I just want to let you guys know what's coming up for you guys. And let's hit, let's just, let's get right into it. The most shocking um, thing. When's the last time I can say I was genuinely shocked in pro wrestling. I, I can't even think of this. I, I want to say CM Punk, but no, because I remember me and figure four photos talking and me and Dylan were like, and I remember when I first saw, I can't remember her name. Was it, is it Kate Cassidy Hines or Casey Hines? Or her, I don't want to destroy her name, but she has broken news before. And she's, matter of fact, is that, um, uh, that's giving me something like dick, I think. Uh, hold on a second. I can't think of her name right now, or the website. So I do apologize. If I remember, I'll put it in the link. But she she has dropped dirt before, like inf information before. And I remember thinking to myself, when I saw her report this, that this punk was coming in, I sent it to figure four photos. And he was like, yo... Um, this is this is a unicorn. It's like nah. That's the first time I saw the report. The very first time I saw the report. Remember, guys, I'm not really on Twitter. So, first time I saw the report, I was like, this is different. Every other time, it was something just weirdly. It was just weird. It was. It didn't feel real. It didn't feel like. Well, why is he under a mask? Why is he being weird? It's. You know, it's kind of like when you, when you go on a date. And the, the person's like, hey, we should go out again. You're like, yeah, let's do that. Then you send them a few texts in the week coming up, and it's like, they text back barely. It's like, bro, why are you being weird? Like, like what, what are you doing? Why did you even say let's do this again if you didn't actually mean it? You know what I'm saying? It just feels, it just felt like that. And I was just kind of like, man, this, 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 even that, just reading that one report from that one reporter just, just felt different. You know, I wasn't shocked. Even with Brian Danielson, wasn't shocked mainly because we all knew his contract was coming up. He mentioned it in promos even after uh, WrestleMania uh, last year. So it's kind of like, all right, he's going to test the waters. And it made sense from the test of waters. It's, this is his last big contract, you know, where he's going to be wrestling full time. So I'm like, hmm. So I wasn't shocked. You know, I think some people were shocked until it actually happened, but I, I, I wasn't shocked at that. 
Hmm. And shocked is too strong of a... I guess the last time I was shocked was when AEW was becoming a real thing. I think I was shocked then because I was like, okay, this is... This is something different now. This is just this this momentum is truly building, you know, and it just felt different in that moment. So maybe that was it. I can't think of it. But either way. This is shocking news to have a EVP, a founder of All Elite Wrestling, leaving, and it looks like he's going to WWE. I've made my uh love for Cody Rhodes known. How I've I've told you told stories about how I've missed meeting him to get an autograph. Um, it won't have, that won't happen now. <laughs> um, and and then I wanted to wait. I had so many people hit me up like, "Yo, what are your thoughts? You dropping a surprise podcast or just based on this?" And I thought about it. And at first, started at work. Then I immediately went to the news, uh, the Observer. I started going to their, their YouTube channel and watching a bunch of shit and. Seeing that, all right, this isn't the work. This is real. But what is this? What does this mean? And then hearing Brian Alvarez say stuff like, no, like that, that report of the EVPs not being closed is not true. They've never been closer in the last year, blah, blah, blah. And I'm pretty sure they had their, when they first started and this first came together, I'm pretty sure they came together and were like, man, we're going to do this, 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 and this, right? And then, like, I'm sure the visions kind of grew apart. I think Omega even said that his vision changed. Uh, Cody's did. Uh, that, that's probably true. Like, Cody to me, <sighs> Cody kind of reminds me of. Oh, I'll say that name. Because <laughs> then people are going to be like, oh, how can you say that? I'll, I'll stick to wrestling. He reminds me of kind of like an Antonio Inoki, where he has so many business ideas outside of wrestling that his focus is never going to be strictly on wrestling. And when it is on wrestling, it's it could be good at times. But also, it could be really, really strange at times. Like, Anoki was known. He's the one who co-founded New Japan, which you guys are watching to this day. But just some of the things he had, like bringing Muhammad Ali in and all this other stuff. Like, he had things, he had the sports entertainment stuff in mind. Even him doing politics and stuff like that. To me, it's one of those situations where I feel like Cody had clearly the most appeal. You know, and at one point in time, he was the face of the brand. But, like, he, him being on the Go Big Show and him getting the, 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 the roads to the top stuff. And, you know, it, those are things outside of wrestling that have nothing to really do with wrestling, you know. And it's one of those things where the Bucks, Omega, are definitely about building for the next generation. Not saying Cody's not. Because he's definitely, from what everything sounds like, he's still going to be training at the Nightmare Factory. However, though, it feels like when you have such a big presence like he has... It's hard to contain you to just one, um, to just one thing, you know. And I feel that, you know, I'm all over the place. You know, I do comics, movies, uh, music, all this other stuff, and sometimes it's just like hard to keep focused. Like I haven't done anything in the movie realm in a, in, in the many many times, and I actually have someone who we're talking about doing something later on this year, in movie in the movie realm. But the whole thing, I didn't know how to take it. I said, I'm just going to wait till, till, till Sunday when I get enough information. And, I still, and to be perfectly 100% honest with you, I still don't feel like I have enough information here. I still don't feel like that. I feel like, as if anything, I'm more lost than ever. 
because you have so many different reports about how he may have lost booking power. So he, he quit because of that. He wanted money, but he became expendable when Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson and CM Punk came along and, 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 and all these other things. And it sounds like these contract negotiations, negotiation, negotiations, ugh, easy for me to say, went to like the final bell. And finally said, no, let me just go. You know, then you have reports of how Brandy wasn't too liked and how now and now Amanda Huber and other people have come out against that, saying, no, she was well liked and everything like that. And, and here's the thing, no matter what, she, Brandy, is a gorgeous woman. She obviously is uh, side by side with her man. They clearly talk about everything. You know, um, she's down for the, she's, she is a ride or die, Right. She clearly is baggage, though, because she, in form of this, she always wants to be in the ring. You can tell that's her dream is to be in the ring, be a good entertainer, you know, be a good wrestling entertainer. Be be she, you, same thing I feel about Brie Bella. She she wants to be she wants to entertain in the ring so much. She wants that, and Nikki didn't. Nikki improved. Brie didn't though. Brandy is just. There's something about her, and I don't use—I don't think I've ever used this term on this show. But she has go-away heat with everybody. It's not just—it's not the marks. It's everybody. She just—it doesn't come off as authentic when she's doing it in the ring. You know, it comes off as forced. And if we're being honest, we kind of dodge a bullet because with her being on, we don't have to see Paige Van Zant sell for her. Like just being real, dude. Like when you have people like that who they have to sell for, it's just it's just weird and it's just uncomfortable. Same thing with Shane McMahon, you know. But I just with Brandy though, I feel like yeah, that's I was I'm, I'm just being honest about it. Like I can see why people don't find her entertaining. I can just see why. I get it, you know. And so I'm kind of sitting here like, man, that's kind of me. I, I'm not trying to be mean, just being honest here, personally. Um, but yeah, I still feel more lost than ever. I don't think we're going to actually know anything for many, 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 many months. I don't see him bashing AEW. You know, he's pretty much been able to do what he wanted to do. He's the one who booked himself into that stupid thing of he can never challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship. Then he is the one... That booked himself, I am 100% sure, he booked himself to feud with the Nightmare Factory, you know, to get more TV time for QT QT Marshall, which is his legitimate best friend. Um, Or one of them. He has a ton of them. Um, But yeah, I feel like, it's like he's been able to do what he wants to do. Is there something we're not, that we don't know? Duh, Captain Obvious. But it's something we are clearly missing, because... I just don't see how. Uh, I just. I'm sure this is recording. Well, I've been going off like how long was? Well, I've been going off like ten minutes, and I, 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 and I was like, "Fuck, make sure it's recording." Um, I'm gonna try to take this one thing at a time. We're gonna spend a lot of time on this. We have a lot of notes to get to on the show. I will not rush anything. This might be one of the longer shows, so bear with me. Um. So, first of all, if it's true that he is WWE bound, supposedly he's WWE bound without Brandy Rhodes, which makes sense. She she hasn't improved. At the same time, that's bizarre. 
that he would just go back to a company that kind of treated him poorly by himself. But at the same time, it's said to be that Vince likes the idea of having a, a founder of AEW come back to the fold. He would treat him like a megastar, you know, give him a huge push. He would come in before WrestleMania and definitely be on WrestleMania 38 card somewhere, obviously. We know the main event. <laughs> We're going to get to that later on. Main events for both nights are set. You have first night will be Charlotte Flair defending the Raw Women's Championship versus, or no, it's the SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. And then night two is champion versus champion uh, all in. No, no pun intended there. Title for title. Um, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. So I don't know where he would be. Um, I don't know who you would even put him with. And we're going to get to that later about how I don't see who you can put him with after last night because. That's another reason why I wanted to wait, because I found out that, oh, okay, Elimination Chamber's on a Saturday. Cool. I usually record on Sundays anyway. So it worked out. Um, so, so I don't know who you even put him with to give him a major push. It kind of looks like they're going to do AJ Styles versus Edge, because now it seems like that was pitched. And then I think AJ went on an interview and said, I'll fight Edge. You know, it seems like that's just what he's going to be. Hopefully he actually wins that match against a legend. Um but um, it's not a rant I'll spare you guys from. Um, but more money, I I don't know. Maybe, you know. But like, I don't know. That seems weird. Loss of booking power. Okay, cool. You, so you go to a company where you have no booking power at all. Like, he's not Roman Reigns. Like, I mean that. And I'm a Cody fan, but Reigns doesn't even have booking power, and Reigns is their biggest star. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't see him losing booking power. <laughs> that just that doesn't make sense. You know, like he might, he, I'm sure they 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 never had full autonomy to do what they wanted to do. You know, it's it's just one of those. I'm pretty sure it's one of those things where just for the Bucks and for Omega, uh, more so them, they never work for WWE, so they don't know how these big time contracts work with with uh companies like Warner Media where things you shouldn't do and but I, I think Jericho said two years ago when Sting debuted T, uh, TNT said Warner Media said don't do that again we want to promote that he's a big freaking name you know so like these there's there are things you don't do that and took Jericho and Cody like hey now we can't do that they're not gonna like that like you dig what I'm saying so I don't know that's that's weird I will say I do think with Punk and Danielson actually being signed I don't think it made him expendable, but I definitely think it made, I think for him, for sure, it made it like, hey, dude, like, what is it you want, you know? Like, was it to, for him to be still in the main event scene and he wasn't going to be in the main event scene? I don't agree with that either. But the thing is this, he literally booked himself into that hole, you know? And we, they could have gotten out of it. I literally thought he was going to be the one to, to take the belt off Darby and get massive heat. You know, or when they say booking power, does it mean booking where um, he, he could no longer uh, kind of map his way around certain things? You, 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 if that makes any sense, like when I, when I say that, I mean to to the point of like, hey, I don't want to go hell. Well, we kind, we kind of want you to go hell, dude. This is kind of. You're gonna be a dope one. We need you to. to, to I, I just don't know. Like to, to me, it's kind of like I, I can't imagine him being heel. Was a him not wanting to go heel was a catalyst for him quitting. You, you know what I'm saying, or or, or or leaving. 
Like that to me, that's just weird too. But then again, if you believe online, boy oh boy, if I I've seen some comments that I've because you guys know I just don't look at comments. I've seen some comments that boy oh boy is kind of fucking weird. Ego, they said. I mean, everybody has egos, dude. Some are healthier than others. I just don't. I just I think there's so much we do not know right now. Was was Brandy a point of contention? Was it like, hey man, we want to give her some more time? Yeah, those segments kind of shitty, dude. We can't do that. Okay, I, I, they're a package deal. They are literally a package deal. We know that. You know, um, I, I can't imagine Cody would go back, sign a five year because all oh, they're, they're five years deals. Sign a five year deal to be unhappy. I mean, let's be real though. He has put himself. He has bet on himself. He is a bigger star now than when he left. When he left, he was stardust. He couldn't, him and Dustin couldn't even get a one-on-one match at WrestleMania for, for 10 freaking minutes. It literally had blown off. It was blown off in the February pay-per-view, which was probably Mission Chamber, I guess. But like they couldn't get anything done. He was he was nobody. Then he then he left. He bet on himself, which here's the thing I agree with with Brian Alvarez. You can't go wrong with betting on yourself. That sounds corny. It sounds cheesy, but it's the freaking truth, dude. You cannot go wrong when you bet on yourself. One hundred percent. I I believe that. I I I I I I I live by that as well. I had to do it myself in my own life. You know, like even like just with my musing and stuff, like. Going from not being the most talented but the hardest worker to saying, all right, even though I don't have the most talent, I can push this stuff and get a, a bigger name and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, he he is a much bigger star. And when he left, I remember when he left, I was excited. I was like, oh, Cody's going to be on the independence. Cool, I can get to meet him. <laughs> Shows how much work I put into doing that. But I remember there wasn't any matches that really lit the world on fire. I remember people were like kind of waiting for that that right Cody match, you know? And I remember, I thought his matches were fine. I was just happy to see him out there actually wrestling people, you know, like Jay Lethal. You know, he ended up winning a world championship in ROH, the first roads to win a world championship in decades. You know, then you, you see everything he was doing on the independent scene. He was an uh, was he a you know, United States champion in New Japan, you know, and then he ends up winning the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Like, to me, he became, and, and then he was the face of the company for so many years. Oh, it's only a three-year-old company. But you get, for like two years straight, he was the face. Him cutting that promo, him of, of uh, undesirable to, to wanted or whatever he said there, was one of the dopest promos ever he's ever cut. One of the dopest promos in AEW history. You know? Um, and I'm, I'm kind of just sitting there. And yeah, for those who are asking, I, I will do like a top 10. Th- that might be separate this week, though. I might do a top 10 of like Cody moments in AEW. But, or even you know, on independent scene in general. I'm thinking more I'm sticking to AEW, though. Stick to, we'll see. Anyways, um, so it's one of those situations. Just trying to put a bow on this. Because I think it's going to be a few weeks before I actually still have any more thoughts on it. I've, I've, trust me, I've, I've thought a lot about this the last seven days. And I have finals this week, <laughs> you know, which has been the craziest thing of it all. Um, however, though, I feel like he's doing what he feels is best for him, his brand, his wife, his family, um, as they now do have a baby. Um, so look here. I, I'm all for him trying to be happy. 
Um, but if it's true about him losing booking power, that's one of the things that's stupid. He already knows he won't have any booking power. But, 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 he will get the money he wants. Brian Alvarez was just assuming, not assuming, uh, speculating. He said, man, Vince will give this guy $5 million a year. And I believe that. Maybe not $5 million, But I believe he'll get a lot of money. I believe he'll get Roman Reigns or even maybe even Brock Lesnar money. You know, maybe more dates, obviously. But I truly believe he will get the money because he is a bigger star. He did better himself. He 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 did go off and create another promotion that kicked Vince's promotions butt, by the way. Um, and they're still doing good numbers. Now, this past week, they everyone's making a big deal. Oh, they dropped without Cody. They dropped because they dropped. That, that that's not go crazy here. I guarantee you in two weeks they'll be back over 1.1 million, you know. But that wasn't just the Cody Rose factor. But I mean, I think I think it helped that his final match was a classic ladder match between him and Sammy Guevara, you know. Um, so, yeah, I hope his next move is what he wants. Hope he uh, gets uh, to be happy out of it. And it seems like there's no bitterness right now. He, he told a fan on Twitter, hey, man, continue to watch AEW Diamond, you know. Um, so, well, let's move on because I there's not much I can say. The build, to, we're going to stay with AEW. The build to Revolution starts Started this past week. Punk, CM Punk announced that it will be him versus MJF in a dog collar match. The one and only dog collar match in AEW history happened with the, the uh, rest in peace, Mr. Brody Lee. And yes, Cody Rhodes, which Cody, which was for the TNT Championship, actually. And Cody Rhodes ended up winning that match. Um, this will be a brutal war. I'm even, after him, after he announced it or pulled the, the chain out of the basket uh, or the box, I even was like, man, that revolution seems tempting to go to now in Orlando. So we'll see how that goes. But yes, um, that's going to be an awesome match. Ortan, uh, Proud and Powerful, well, uh, well the completely butcher, butcher Ortiz's name, but Proud and Powerful defeated Jericho and Hager with Kingston being their ringside. He was only at ringside to build. To, it's clearly a match between Jericho and Kingston happening at Revolution. I would have to imagine Jericho is turning. First of all, Eddie Kingston has turned everyone hell. <laughs> but um, I would have to imagine Jericho looks like he's going to be going hell. Um, but Kingston was only there to be a distraction for Jericho. Jericho ends up losing, taking the fall. And one, that's a huge win for Proud and Powerful. I mean, I would have to assume... Inner Circle's going their own ways now. Sammy Guevara's already gone his own way. He quit the Inner Circle twice now. Um, how many times can you quit your job? Jesus Christ. Um, and obviously, we're building to Jericho versus Kingston at Revolution. Hangman in Dark Order is official. Hangman will defend his AEW World Heavyweight Championship against Adam Cole. And only thing that Hangman has done is have classic match after classic match since winning the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Even in the AEW World Championship match, great match. The end of two with Brian Danson. The end of the one with Anson Archer, which was a war. I can't imagine these two, who are former friends, former Bullet Club elite friends, having nothing but a good match. But this this started a brawl, and this is clearly the thing that they need to do. I know some people, I actually heard someone say this, how um, fans feel like uh, Paige is having a... Uh, 
Jericho S run. I disagree with that because Jericho's, if you look at Jericho's first WWE and only WWE World Heavyweight Championship run, it just wasn't good matches. Even the matches he had to win the belts were kind of subpar that night, honestly, if I'm being real with you. I remember there was, some, I remember there was a lot of uh, in, intense moments because no one knew who was going to win. But like, and, and the four people you had, it was like, it's kind of like when you go into the Royal Rumble and you have such heavy hitters announced for the Royal Rumble. You're like, man, how is that person going to go over the top rope? How do you do that? It's simple. You get thrown over the fucking top rope. <laughs> but no, like sometimes you wonder, like, how are they, how they, how they, how they getting out of this? Who's going to be the one to eliminate them? And et cetera, et cetera. I feel like with Jericho's run, he won, he won, then he had to match with Rock at Royal Rumble, which was, and, I, and anyone will tell you, I mean, he's Jericho fan. I think I've said this before in the podcast. Jericho and Macho Man are my two favorites of all time. Like, they're 1-1. One, one. They're tied. Um, they just weren't good matches. He had matches with, with Rock, with, uh, I believe, Austin. They weren't good. Even matches with Triple H. Was just, was, they weren't good. They were just boring. You know? And just he, he just didn't... I feel like that heel version, that heel persona didn't have the heat it needed. The heat he needed was that heat he got in 2007, 2008, when he feuded with Shawn Michaels. That, to me, was like his best heel run in WWE. Um, it just was so Nick Bockwinkle-ish, slash Jericho-ish, slash just brutal, you know? This wasn't a good heel run for him. I'm sorry. Chick, being a chicken shit heel, just, it, it either works or it doesn't. And it just didn't work for him that time. But this is him. He's, yeah, is he under the rail right now as the AEW World Heavyweight Champion? Yeah, but I feel like when he has his matches, because he's, he's only wrestled three times. Since winning the title, each time was a championship match, and each time he has stolen the show. So, and so um, that makes sense. And so it's like one of those things was kind of like, let me fact, hold on a second. I'm sorry, guys. Like, someone's texting me. And let me respond back. It's like four in the morning when I'm doing this recording. There we go. Um,. But yeah, every, but he's every time he's had a match, he's reminded you of why he's their top guy right now. So I don't think so. Like to me, Jericho truly got lost in the shuffle. Alistair Black, when he was the NXT champion, he got lost in the shuffle. I can't think of who did he defend the belt against. I remember he was his title defense. Did he defend the belt against Lars Sullivan when he completely missed the Black Mask and lost? Lars Sullivan still sold it. Was was he NXT champion at the time? I don't remember. But either way, his matches, I don't remember who he defended against. I think, didn't he lose it to? No, he beat Andrade for it. I don't remember who he lost it to. But I remember it was a mercy killing. So, no, no, I disagree with that. Every time he's had a match, he's reminded you, like, God dang, he's dope. He's, he's good. He is the man. So, looking forward to that match. Um, the Bucks in Red Dragon still cannot get along, though. It's leaving Adam Cole in the middle of this thing. Now you have the, the Jay White experience happening. Um, this is going to be fun when Omega comes back. And I would have to assume you can push this thing out and have Adam Cole versus Omega at either double or nothing or all out. That should be fun either way. Um, Brian Danielson defeated Lee Moriarty in a good match. Later on, at the end of the match, he calls out John Moxley. Moxley comes out and makes it simple. I don't, I don't go side by side with anybody until I believe with him. So essentially, that's he, he essentially said, you want it? Here, <laughs> this is the only way you're getting it, you know? And so um, that will be, 
Revolution, if you look at Revolution right now, we have um, the World Championship match. Cole Page, Punk MJF, Moxley Bryan. Like, those three matches alone are going to be freaking fire. And then whoever you have in the tag team title match. Whoever you have, you know, down the cards is going to be awesome. I would have to assume it's going to be a tag team match where I think they're building towards it. We're going to get to this in a second. Um, I heard we'll get to it right now. Um, Thunder Rosa defeated Mercedes Martinez in a no disqualification match. At the end of the match, Rosa's talking to Mercedes Martinez saying, hey, you ain't got to do this. Like, you can see her trying to convince her. Mercedes Martinez is just kind of looking at her. Well, Rebel, Britt Baker, and... Um, Jamie Hayter came out, and essentially, she said, put a beating on her. And so they start beating down Thunder Rosa. They hand uh, um, Mercedes Martinez a weapon and say, hey, help us out. And then when they they, they already seen the writing on the wall that she wasn't going to do it. She was kind of already turned her way. And they turned her face, essentially. And they start beating her down. And it seems like it's going to be a tag team match. It feels like it's going to be... Um, it was not Rebel. I can't imagine they put Rebel in this match. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rose and Mercedes Martinez. That's going to be a dope match, too. So Revolution is building up to be an awesome match. Sammy Guevara defeated Darby Allen for the TNT Championship, which was a good match. And then the end was some, some fuckery where Andrade nailed Darby with um, the, the, the Microsoft pad, I guess it is. Well, Darby hits the go to hell, wins one, two, three. At the end of it, Sting comes out to save uh, Darby. Him, Sammy get both beaten down by Matt Hardy, Andrade, and Jose. And no one has still answered this question for me. Why in the blue hell is Sammy Guevara still walking around with two TNT championships? Jesus Christ will call overkill. Um, this is really freaking weird. Now, that was Dynamite. Jay White did have his day AEW wrestling debut on Rampage. He did defeat Trent, by the way, in case you guys cared. Um, but ever since the whole thing with Cody happened, a lot of people were wondering about the, the the future of AEW and the founders, or some of the people who were just some of the first to sign. Um, it was being reported that Kenny Omega is signed until February 23rd of next year. So, a little over a year left. And then also Jericho is signed until 2024. I think Jericho's going to be out in 2024. But Jericho's, Jericho's always made it known that, hey, I'm here as long as it's fun. You know, and I'm, he's going to go on good terms. He will be in the AEW Hall of Fame whenever, I'm sure, in 10 years when there's AEW Hall of Fame. Uh, he's definitely, like, if you look at the names, like, we'll get to a second who's the first name in the 2022 Hall of Fame, which we kind of saw coming. Um... I remember someone had said, well, I, I can't remember. I'm not going to name the podcaster anyway, <laughs> but it was a podcaster. It was a few years ago, maybe five, six, seven years ago, something like that. I remember just vividly, though, when they said, man, WWE doesn't have many people that can draw a crowd for Hall of Fame. I'm like, how is that possible? At the time, you still had, still had an active Undertaker. You, you always have the Rock waiting in the wings. He's obviously going to do it when time is right. But you have the Rock. You have the Undertaker. You have... Uh, Triple H, who's probably done wrestling for his career. You have Chris Jericho. You have the Big Show. Like I, I'm not saying Big Show would draw as big a crowd as The Rock would. However, he's still a name that people do appreciate. People do. They know what he what he's done for the business. They know he's he's made jokes about it. Hey, if, I, if I've turned a million times, you know, Brian Danielson, C 
CM Punk. These are names that you're not going to put on the same build. These are names you're going to have as headliners. You, you get what I'm saying? And Batista still hasn't gone in. Batista had to decline because of COVID, I think. Um, you have so many names. And the fact that they put Jushin Thunder Liger in their Hall of Fame with him only having one WWE match. Dude, even then, Greg Gagne, or no, Vern Gagne, excuse me. He never wrestled in WWE. So they're they're gonna get some names. It'll be fine. I, I can see Jericho leaving in twenty twenty four. I can see him like having to do or not have to, but wanting to do like an angle thing and do like one last final farewell. Because I think he'll be like 53, 55 at that time. And he's gonna be probably winding down wrestling. Um, but I could imagine him doing the current angle. Hey man, I just want to come in, do my greatest hits, get the fuck out of here. You know, probably sign a legends deal. But but Jericho's always been smart. He's never, he's not been beholden to WWE. He's very much had a more uh, friendlier relationship with WWE than Mick Foley did. And when I say that, Mick Foley would be like, okay, you know, this is this is becoming stress now. Cool, I'll leave, come back. I'll, I'll leave, do I want to come back? Jericho has been the same way. Mm, I bet myself, I bet myself. You know, so I, can, I don't think he'll sign an exclusive deal, but I think he'll make the, the, the rounds. Wrestle one person who wants to wrestle with them one more time. I know him and Kevin Owens are so close. Hey, let's wrestle Kevin Owens one more time. Let's let's lose. Let's lose here. Let's lose here. Let's go to Japan and do this. And then he'll retire. You know, I could see him definitely doing that though. But uh, that's not surprising. Um, and last note on AEW, they will have their first ever live concert the weekend of Revolution. Um, so if you're in Orlando, that would be cool. Like I said, I'm thinking about going. I need to still do my research to see. Uh, if I want to do the weekend or if I uh, want to um, just freaking uh, just go for the show. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I got to do a bunch of research right now because it's March 6th, I believe, which is the same weekend as the Batman. It's going to be a busy freaking weekend now. I think about it. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, ROH. I don't think I announced this last week, but the first three, and they're only putting four in their Hall of Fame for their inaugural cast, will be the Briscoes who announced week one. Week two, I don't think I announced this one, but it's Brian Danielson. One of the dope, I believe Brian Danielson wrestled the main event on their first pay-per-view or something. I don't know. Either way, he's a, he, he, him and, who was it? Him and another, and a producer are the reason they... Start doing handshakes and doing pure wrestling matches. Air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. Um, but yeah, he obviously he's he's always born and bred as well. Also, the man who is the greatest ROH World Heavyweight Champion has just been announced. Samoa freaking Joe. Um, you cannot have the inaugural class without one their greatest tag team and two their greatest World Heavyweight Champion. The dude had the longest reign in history. He had the most important reign in history. I know what you guys saw. If you're strictly WWE fans, I know what you saw. You saw an injury-prone guy, came in after his prime, great on commentary, um, but just wasn't going to get to that main event level, even though he had a great match with Brock Lesnar. I'm telling you right now, guys, you guys missed prime Samoa Joe. It's not just the trilogy he had with CM Punk. It's just, it's just all the matches he had, and it was just... It was the most important title reign in that company's history, without a shadow of a doubt. So congratulations to him. One of my favorites. Him and Cody are the only ones on my bucket list to meet. Truly, they're the only ones on my bucket list to meet. And and maybe now I can meet some, some old Joe and actually get that elusive autograph. Impact. 
I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that Impact had no surrender peer review last night as well. So we're going to mix this kind of in with everything. Josh Alexander contracts and contract has ended. He will not be a terminus apparently because his visa is out of date as well. So hopefully he gets that fixed and hopefully uh, the former world heavyweight champion uh, decides to stay in the States and work wherever he wants to work. He's a good talent. Also, the only thing I will announce from no, uh, no surrender last night from Impact is the Bullet Club turned on the Gorillas of Destiny. It was the Good Brothers versus the G.O.D. And they had a good match. And then Jay White came out and nailed Tamatonga with the Switchblade. And I was and I was like, what, what? what? So last night's theme for No Surrender, first of all, was a live outside interference. A crap ton of interference. So that's why I'm not going to go into it. But this one was the only one to me that actually made sense. I know there was a big swerve at the end of the show. If you're an Impact fan... You can go somewhere else and listen to that. I don't understand where they're going with that one. This one, I'm actually intrigued with it, even though I don't know where they're going with it either. But I'm more intrigued because I, I, Girls of Destiny have been in it and, and Bullet Club for a long time. And so I'm interested to see where this leads and if this actually leads to an AEW match somewhere down the road. Because Jay White did double duty this week. You know, he was in AEW and in Impact. So looking forward to seeing where that goes. Random notes. The International Hall of Fame has a new physical location. It will be at the MVP Arena in Albany, New York. Um, so, good for, good for them. Also, former referee Mickey Henson passes away. Um, I, I, I was actually going to do some research and try to think of some of his matches, but it was so busy this week that I just said, I, I can't get to it. <laughs> so, sorry, but he was, one, he was a really good referee, um, fun referee. So, my condolences to him and his family. More random notes. Thunder Rosa and Athena, former Ember Moon, had a match, and there were a bunch of fans screaming some racial slurs at Athena. Um, and this was at uh, Warrior Wrestling 19, and the promotion did nothing wrong. It was, it was just ignorant fans. And I, I usually don't bring this type of negativity onto the show, but I wanted to bring it onto the show because I'm sitting there like, and, and Thunder Rosa defended Athena, and Athena said that she's had to deal with that like a long time. My thing is this: if you if you feel like you if I say this all the time in my personal life, if you are racist, just stay in the house. Period. Bottom line. If you feel the need to be racist, just stay in the house. Because if you think you're going to go out, because I have a quick story. I had experience at this place, I won't name it, um, where it was three black people, two white people. Now, I'm mixed. You wouldn't know that unless I tell you. However, so we go there, and I, and I seriously thought we were safe. I'm not even trying to be funny, none of that stuff. This is a serious topic. But sitting there, and like we had, we had this one, you know, person. I'll just say it, I don't care. White person walking around, and following us, and I was like, I looked over at my friend. I was like, you know, what's what's her deal? Like, why is she following us in this room full of people? It's clear she's following us. And she was like, you guys need to wear a mask. And I always had on a mask. And so it happens that one of my other friends, matter of fact, the friend I'm house sitting for right now, her mask broke. So she had, so she was like this the entire time, wearing like holding up a cheap medical mask, covering her nose. She's like, hey, "Do you mind giving me a new one? This one's broke, and you can see it's broke." She's like, "No, just keep it on your nose." It's like, "Whoa, who is this person? This demon seed?" You dig what I'm saying? And like, it's one of those things where it's like, dude, if you feel like you can't deal with the general public, you're gonna see a lot of more mixed people out there. Stay in the house. So many people are staying in the house right now. It's okay. We won't blame you. We won't miss you either. So I just wanted to mention that because I'm, I'm happy Thunder Rosa defended her. They did have a good match. 
And that, that, that racial slur was so unnecessary. I did watch it myself. It's on YouTube. So, anyways, uh, sorry she had to go through that. WWE, we will end it with this. Uh, we have a lot to go. No, I'll let you know. Scrap that. New Japan, Sonata. When he joined the pro, uh, New Japan in 2016, great pickup, right? He finally got his first taste of gold ever in New Japan. Six years in, he is the U.S. champion. So congratulations to Sonata. Now, let's hit WWE. A lot to unpack here. Um, we will hit some news and notes first. Then we're going to hit the Saudi show. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I watched my first Saudi show last night. I never watched a Saudi show up until that point, never. Not a single. I've always just listened to different podcasters that talk about it and read kind of newsletters later on. But I actually watched it because, like I said, I'm house sitting, so it's like whatever. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. WWE has they believe this is the other big news of the week, but this was overshadowed by the Cody stuff. They actually believe that they have convinced Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, to come out of retirement. In order to face Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 38. And the catalyst for this match will be Kevin Owens talking crap about Texas people. Which, I mean, I don't think it takes much for Owens to talk crap about anybody. But, apparently, they think they have this match booked for WrestleMania. So, what is this? 19 years after his last match. Which is WrestleMania, what? 19? He hasn't wrestled since WrestleMania 19, which was his match against The Rock. They, they believe they convinced him to come out of retirement, which probably took a boatload of cash. They have it. They have it to spend um, to face Owens in, in WrestleMania. I don't know how this is going to go. If this is really booked, um, wow. Um, but this is an overarching problem that we're going to get to in the Saudi show. This is going to be... This is a problem here. A clear problem. I'm sure Kevin Owens is going to... If this is real, Kevin Owens is going to be over the moon to put over Austin. Why? Come on. It's fucking Austin, dude. And to say you have on your resume, after you just signed a new contract, you get rewarded with a WrestleMania match against Austin, which are with Steve Austin, Stone Cold, only five other people can say that. He had a WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels, with Bret Hart, with Savio Vega, <laughs> with The Rock, and with, oh, Scott, Scott Hall. You know, that, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, uh, uh, but yeah, we'll get to that problem in a second. Damian Priest, after going through a four losing uh, match losing streak, has defended his U.S. title against AJ Styles successfully after a roll up. Seth Rollins defeated Randy Orton one on one, pinned him, by the way. Becky Lynch did not want to sign the contract with Lita. I, 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 people were saying how she was fearful. No, it was one of those things where I felt like it was calculated. And she was like, I, I, you're going to make me kill my childhood. That's how I kind of took that whole thing was, you're going to make me do this. Okay. Do what you got to do. Alexa Bliss will join the Elimination Chamber. And finally, 205 Live has been canceled, replaced with Level Up. I'm assuming that's the new um, developmental show. Who I don't know. Um, and the former Quinn McKay is now Kelly Kincaid for NXT Level Up. Speaking of that. And finally, before we get to Elimination Chamber, 
The Undertaker is the first member of the class of 2022 Hall of Fame. Of course, it happens in Texas, his hometown. Uh, he goes by a lot of names, but he is now a Hall of Famer. Uh, congratulations to him. Uh, hopefully, he never wrestles again. Um, and hopefully, this is just the cherry on top of a wonderful career in the WWE, the greatest character in WWE history, um, without a doubt. I don't think there's any arguing that. Um, so hopefully, you know, uh, this is the end for it, but, uh, I, but it's supposedly it's supposed to be like a two for one type of thing. Supposedly he's going to have, the, the way I took it, the way they announced it was it'll be SmackDown and then the hall of fame WrestleMania weekend. Um, and then I think supposedly it's rumored that there's going to be like a, on Saturday, there's going to be a, like a matinee. So you're going to have NXT in the afternoon. And then smack the, I mean, in the rest of the night, one of WrestleMania that night. So, uh, okay. Yeah, I ain't watching that much wrestling. Fuck that. Um, so, yeah, but congratulations to the Antiker. Now, let's get to the Elimination Chamber. I did not see the first two matches on this show as I was transitioning from my place to the, the, the house, the place I'm house sitting. So, I did not see the Roman Reigns match, which he choked up uh, Goldberg, excuse me. Um, and I did not see the first chamber match, which Bianca Belair won. So she has punched her ticket to WrestleMania 38 for a world championship match, which I'm assuming she will win. But I did start off with seeing the tag team match where Ronda Rousey and Naomi, who had to wrestle, Ronda Rousey did, with one arm tied behind her back um, against Sonya Deville and Charlotte Flair. I was surprised at the winner here, but it made either way, Deville and Naomi were going to be involved in the decision. Whether it was going to be Charlotte Fleur pinning Naomi or vice versa, what happened was uh, Sonya Deville tapping out. Um, obviously, these are t- you have to have the blow off to Sonya Deville versus Naomi. Naomi has worked her ass off the last two weeks. First of all, her having that main event match with Charlotte Flair was, was which was awesome. Universally known as awesome. Then she showed out uh, to, uh, last night. You know, um, as it's recording is Sunday. Sorry, but um, but Elimination uh, uh, Chamber. So to me, it's one of those situations where. I would have to assume that they're going to have the blow-off match. It will be DeVille's you know, first singles match in a long time. Official singles match. No air quotes again. And I'm assuming she's going to get the win there. Don't know what this leads to, but should be... I, is this Naomi's first ever one-on-one match at WrestleMania? I don't I can't, I can't. don't know. I know she's won the title at WrestleMania before, because I, I was actually at that WrestleMania, which was... Was that in Orlando that I drove to? Or was that in Tampa? I think it was the Orlando one where she won like a failed five-way championship match and she regained her title. Um, but either way, she's had a WrestleMania moment before, but I think this might be her first ever singles match at WrestleMania, which is well-deserved because this feud has been going on for months. Um, Drew McIntyre defeated Mad Cat Moss. Uh, there was a scary moment in this match where uh, Alabama... I've never seen an Alabama slam lead to someone landing on their head. Usually it's on their back, but there was so much velocity in Drew McIntyre's throw that he literally just, it was just a bad moment there. But apparently he's okay. No, no, nothing happened. Rey Mysterio defeated the Miz on the kickoff show. But then Miz uh, set up a program, or excuse me, a promo, where he said, I need to make a phone call. Apparently this will be a Logan Paul Miz match versus the Mysterios, which I guess will be another highlight for the Mysterios as a tag team. The first father-son to hold tag team gold, and the first father-son to tag team at a WrestleMania, I would guess, right? 
You know, I remember Rocky Johnson coming down to help The Rock against the Sultan Rikishi, but I don't think they ever tagged. I don't think there's been a. I don't think it's been a tag team match from Father and Son. I think the San Martinos wrestled together, but I don't think it was it was at WrestleMania though. So it might that might will we'll, trust me. We'll know in the coming weeks because they'll brag about it. So, anyways, Becky Lynch defeated Lita. Lita got a super huge pop in this match, and she actually looked nice. You know, um, the ending came out of nowhere, but you know, uh, to me, this match did what it needed to do. You know, and, and apparently, according to Lita, she said she only came back just to be in the Royal Rumble, and then I think that same night. Uh, as she left the Rumble, I said, hey, you want to have a one-on-one match with Becky Lynch at, at, at Saudi? She was like, uh, sure, I guess. And they're like, yeah, okay, be at Raw tomorrow night. And she said she drove six hours. Like, she like, like showered. Once she got the offer, she accepted, obviously. She went and showered and drove six hours to the next place in Raw. Um, which was, so I was like, okay, nah, easy pays for her. But she looked good. She had a massive pop. Um, I can't, I, I'm just, she's done for right now, but I can't imagine she's done for the future. But if this is her last match, she definitely looked amazing going out. Okay, so good for her. Um, this match made no sense because it wasn't actually a match. They literally flew out the Usos and the Viking Raiders just to have an angle. So the Viking Rings came out, Raiders came out. And now I'm assuming they were against the wall with time. I doubt it. The Limits Champion match sucked. The main event was short. It sucked. It was terrible. Um, the Viking Raiders came out. Usos came from behind and attacked them. Suplex. Ivar type of Igor or whoever the fuck his name is and that was it they flew those guys out but and you know what it doesn't matter because it's like what Godfather said in the interview I did a few weeks ago nice plug there check that out in the uh, history section but um, in the archives but they probably got paid the same so why would they care so anyways I'm happy for them they got easy payday um, now the main event the elimination chamber First of all, apparently Bobby Lashley has, is going to be out with a legit in, injury. That's why the angle took place the way it did. Otherwise, the same thing probably would happen to him that happened to someone else. That, everyone else in that match. But the match started with Austin Theory and Seth Rollins. Well, Seth Rollins does a buckle bomb into Bobby Lashley, who was still in his pod, caused a air quotes concussion, and they walked him out. So he was never pinned, but we know automatically there will be a new WWE champion. Well, everyone comes out. Now you have a thing where Bobby Lashley's pot comes out, but he's not there. So Brock Lesnar apparently went off script, legitimately broke the glass, supposedly legitimately broke the glass to his pot just to get out and start the match because he didn't want to wait anymore. And if it's it's true, that was a shoot. he, He had a great moment there. Because um, if you think about it, it was silly for them to actually still do that and go through with that. That's just, especially with the way the match turned out, who gives a shit, right? So anyways, um, Lesnar destroyed everybody. Let's rewind for a second. I remember if, earlier this week, uh, or last week, excuse me, he, Brock Lesnar was on the Mac, Pat, Pat McAfee show. And someone had said to him, he said, hey, man, you need to watch that, that interview with Brock Lesnar. It's a fun interview. And it was a fun interview. He broke a table, like he was joking, he was being honest. He said the same things he's always said about him not caring about wrestling history and stuff. And he really doesn't care, and I believe him. Here's the problem I had, though. When Brock says, you guys need to stop thinking about the next move you're going to do, high spot you're going to do, and get over. Yeah, it's hard to get over, buddy boy, when literally you came in 
F5 the entire main event scene of Monday Night Raw, and that and then that was it. He literally the only person got any. I, I believe Austin Theory got a low blow in, and was like a fireman's carry or something like that. He got two moves in, and that was the only time Brock was touched in this match. He literally decimated everybody in the main event scene with one F5, and I didn't even think about this until I was watching. Salamaster sounds off, right? He did a review of it, so, so shout out to him. Seth Rollins, who just went through a war with your Universal Champion, your main eventer, your needle mover, Roman Reigns, went through war with him. Brock came in and with 1F5 eliminated him. Literally, Rollins was the first person eliminated. Now, I will say this for one again. The funniest part about the match was when Brock came out, he was like looking at all the pods. He literally just... Did not even look at Riddle. He ignored Riddle, which was, I saw that and said, that's on purpose, clearly, right? Well, anyways, he literally came in and one by one. Ron's one at five. Riddle one at five. Uh, uh, freaking, uh, matter of fact, hold on a second. Yep. Uh, Styles at five. Theory took a super at five, which I would have to imagine he did that shit because guess what? It's probably going to be on the new WWE game. <laughs> you go to the top of the pod, you can do a finishing move. Um, it looked devastating. It looked like it looked like whatever. But now Brock Lesnar is in rare air. He is in rare air as he has now hit the double digits. He is a ten-time World Heavyweight Champion. Just seventeen years ago, that was probably not, or eighteen years, excuse me, sixteen years ago when he left the company. I was probably thinking that was never going to happen. I think it was only like a three or or no, I think it was only like a three-time champion when he left the first time. So, he, he, in a short period, he had three title reigns. Now, he's had seven title reigns. He's once again a WWE champion. And, fun fact, he has defeated every black WWE champion for their championship. Uh, it's Kofi Kingston. It's Rock. That's Big E. And now Bobby Lashley, even though Bobby Lashley was never pinned. But, it's kind of hard to get over when you are booked so strong. So, don't sit... I, I don't, I don't want to hear this about learn how to get over you had to get help too. I remember that Hell in a Cell match. Matter of fact, it was a match in the month, my last iteration of the show, with him and the Undertaker. Undertaker put him over. He he made the immortal Hulk Hogan pass out due to a bear hug. Hogan still never gotten that one back, and I'm sure he's salty about it. Kurt Angle put him over. Like literally, he had every opportunity thrown his way, and people put him over. It wasn't just him. It was, an, it was a mountain of people. I'm telling you right now, for as giving as Brock is, and for as nice as Brock is, and I think the wrestlers don't take offense to it because they know his position with the company. So they're kind of just like, whatever. I, I think only people who take offense to it are people like CM Punk who are like, man, he's he's just taking up a spot. Let me have that spot. I think people like Rain, uh, like, like Rollins and Styles, especially Styles, he's much older. He's like, dude, you can have that shit. I don't care. Because Rollins is over. Styles is over, you know, but it's like one of those things where it's kind of like, dude, don't make those kind of comments when you're literally gifted just everything right now. Like, literally, he came back, got in a title match, now he's a two time WWE champion in the last four months. Come on, no, the last month. What am I talking about? What the fuck am I talking about? The last fucking month. He literally won it at day one, lost at the Royal Rumble, and got it right back. For reasons. Now, last thing I will say on this show tonight, and it's been a long show. 
Let's see how long we've been going. In about an hour. This will be title for title at WrestleMania night two. I would have to imagine Reigns is going to leave that night with both belts. He, I, I, there's no other way it can be. We've already seen the visual of Brock holding two championships after he decimated John Cena, which was supposed to be for Brian Danielson. We need to see Reigns culminate this 500-day, which he's in rare now, too. He's hit the Bruno San Martino reign of consistent days as title champion. He's hit the Hulk Hogan run. He, But I think he's the only heel to do it, I believe, right? Yeah, it's this long. He's the only heel to do it. So he's in rare air. We need the visual of Roman Reigns holding both those belts. And what you do with them afterwards, I don't know. But we need that visual. So hopefully they do the right thing here now that they're trapped in this corner of, hey, we got the match. Now we got to do it. So anyways, that is your show for this week. Come back, listen to more. Like, follow, subscribe. Um, Wednesday, we have Peacemaker Review Episode 8. Um, if you want to follow me, check me out on Instagram at NeverSilverSpoonFed. Also, figure four photos. I didn't notice. I remember watching his live stream a few months ago. And I don't remember it all. I just don't remember because I remember that day I was really busy. I remember I jumped on his live stream to support him. But I thought I stayed for like 10, maybe 15 minutes. And I was I was being pulled in like 10 different directions. But apparently, he, he does great photo work for Byway. But So check him out on Instagram. However... Um, he did a photo shoot, a uh, photo of a uh, Penta L Zero and Phoenix action figures, and um, it was a dope little setting he did of it. And anyways, I didn't know he had a shirt on their website. Uh, apparently, he was promoting. Like I said, I wasn't. I don't remember it. But um, go to the website. I will put the link in the description below. Shirts like thirty bucks. Please support him. Good friend of the show. Dope friend, dope person, dope photographer, toy photographer. So um, that is your show for this, this Monday show for this week. Hope you guys enjoy your week. I will talk to you on Wednesday.